everybody, this is Dan, your host of Rockin' All Week with you, A Happy Days Podcast. We are Season 5, Episode 5 in this one. We are in November of 1977, and we are, uh, in this episode, we are uh, discussing Fonzie and Leather Tuscadero Part 2 or Fonzie Rock Entrepreneur Part 2. Both both titles um, seemed... um, Seemed appropriate for the first episode, but but woefully inadequate for the second one in this. And we will also be discussing and, and that episode aired. Let me give you that. Well, I'll give you that in a minute. And that, and we're also talking my fair Fonzie. So in this one, let's start up. Let's start off with um, uh, Fonzie Leather Tuscadero or Part Two or whatever the whatever the heck it's called. We are in November fifteenth, nineteen seventy-seven. Written by Bob Bruner as was the first half, and the first episode, and directed by Jerry Paris. Uh, this one begins more or less where the last one left off with um, uh, Leather. You know, a guy is there saying, "Leather, you and the." Leatherettes, I forget, Joni and, and the blonde gal are joined. We're going to San Francisco and we're going to do a show and it's going to be awesome and you're going to rock. And this was, of course, this was, of course, the time period circa 1959, 1960 when, um, I mean, if, if you were like a jazz musician or you were doing classical pieces, you did full concerts, but if you were rocking, you kind of showed up generally. Uh, it, it, with another group, uh, with other groups or other people and, you know, play your hits you'd all play your songs um if you if you were if you were uh, better known you'd you'd play longer sets that kind of thing but i mean i could see pinky here she does two songs here and she did two or three in the previous one so she could probably do i would think probably like a 20 25 minute set something like that but that's that's the way the shows were back then the, it was as the 60s went along the shows got longer you know in your um, your band started getting more psychedelic and started to jam and got bluesier and things like that that uh concerts got longer um but but at this time it's it's very much uh, it's, very, it's very much like if you've ever seen a um and if i mentioned this previously i apologize but it's very much like if you see one of those pbs um um uh telethon things where they show like your motown favorites you know everyone from the big motown hits come out and they they do their one or two hits and then they leave the stage that's kind of sort of how it was you know we got a rock and roll show you know with uh, leather tuscadero and frankie lyman and um uh liberace no i'm kidding um uh frankie avalon you know you know what i mean i sorry to pick so many people named frankie but but they would um and then that's the way they would do the show so so like a show in san francisco w- wouldn't be like um like a two-hour show you know they wouldn't be coming out and doing a springsteen length show or um you know, some 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 big epic sort of um, spinal tap esque with Stonehenge or you know that that, that kind of thing. It would just they'd come out and they do their show and the girls would do their do up and they're moving around and leather would do her do up and moving around and and that would be it. And so they're going to San Francisco. Joni wants to go. The fun suggests bring Mr. And Mrs. C out here tomorrow. Let them see how good you are and then tell them about San Francisco. That's what she does. Of course, Mr. and Mrs. C say, no, you're not going anywhere, and Jody runs away from home. And the second half of the episode has become just trying to find out where Joni is, and then when they find her and bring her to, of all places, Arnold's, um, well, I say of all places, Arnold's, as we talked before, that's the second, that's the other big standing set in the show, so they can't bring her to the living room because we're Mr. and Mrs. CB, so they have to, Miss CB, um, they would have to bring her to, to Arnold's, and Arnold's in there somewhere, because at the end of the episode, they yell for Arnold, and he's in there somewhere, I don't know, I guess the, 
he closes the restaurant for the Cunninghams, which is which is very nice of him. But I guess if Joni's lost, he's looking for her too. So anyway, sorry, I'm, I'm yanking away here. But that that's basically what this episode is. Joni, no, uh, Mr. and Mrs. C don't want her to go. She runs away from home. Um, where does she go? And when we find her, can we convince her to come back? Listen to a little bit of this, and I'll um, talk about the episode on the other side. Well, I've seen you before on the discotheque floor. You were driving me out of my mind. Oh, but I could have sworn that I saw something more in your eyes. Now, I don't mind. I, I've said this, um, I don't know if I've said this on here, but I do like a two-parter where the second parter kind of flips the script a bit and kind of sends you in a different direction. Now, at the end of the, at the, end of the, the, the first part, we knew about the San Francisco thing, and we knew that Joni wanted to go and was excited about it. But but it's interesting, I mean, with, as I said, with the title of the episode, that you think this episode is going to be about leather, but it isn't at all. When the episode begins, leather is all set. She's got one more show to play at Arnold's. In fact, I think it's her second show. They're like, oh, well, it's her, it's her final, this is my final night at Arnold's, but it's your second night at Arnold's. I mean, um... I know that just sounds a little strange to me, right? I mean, it would obviously it would sound strange if it was her first night at Arnold's and she said it was her final night. But even second night sounds like third, fourth, fifth night, you say final. But, um, you know, saying uh, thanks for everyone who saw us last night. You know, we're going out from here to San Francisco or something like that. But, uh, but yeah, the episode starts off really quick with the uh, performances and Mr. and Mrs. C there. And it, like, like I said, it ends with the, the previous... The pre it begins with um, Harper Hotel with the um, the freshman there from the previous episode when the the cop showed up and and then it's the next night with everybody playing and um, it's it's funny because it's not the episode really isn't about leather at all I mean it's Joni wants to travel with leather but it's not about leather and it's not about Fonzie either although the episode is it's it is it is a Joni heavy episode in some respects Joni and Richie and do I like the episode um it's a bit perfunctory uh she runs away from home there's much ado sort of about nothing and then it turns out she's actually with leather at leather hotel leather's hotel room and they bring leather right back oh i'm sorry uh she's staying at leather's hotel room and so they bring Joni right back and then like the last seven or eight minutes is the Fonz giving Joni a talk and then richie giving Joni a talk and then a final sort of lovely minute with um Joni coming home again and, and seeing her parents I think the problem I have with the episode is that it does, like I said, it does seem very uh, perfunctory. It does seem like um, we know that Joni's not going to go to San Francisco. Uh, we know that they're going to find her. She's not in an alleyway somewhere, you know, hopped up on heroin or something like that, or doing meth, you know, behind a dumpster. Uh, you know, she, she's, she's somewhere safe, and they'll find her, and they'll convince her to come back. Even if it didn't convince me, they'll convince her to uh, come back. Um, and so after the first episode, which has a lot of stuff in it and kind of puts leather at the forefront, this episode, apart from the two performances and one scene with leather, uh, and, and a brief scene with Mr. and Mrs. C where she just kind of stands there looking at Mr. C like, who are you? Um, leather doesn't do much. And she actually leaves halfway through the episode. I, I've read that this was, um, they were possibly going to give her her own show. And, um, I, I, I don't know what that would be like um i 
I mean, I guess it would be following her as, as she went out on the road rocking and getting assorted adventures with her uh, with her two friends. Maybe, like, there'd be a manager. I mean, uh, you know, it's one of those things. What was, what was, like, Avery Schreiber up to at this time? You know, we could have gotten someone in there to be her manager, and they could have gotten some adventures, and it would have been a fun sitcom or something like that. Or maybe it could have even been, like, an hour-long drama or something. I don't know. But um, it's, it is funny because the first one spent so much time with her, and this one kind of, after the initial performances kind of kicks her out of the episode and the second half of the episode so it's almost like like bob bruner sitting there going all right i'm writing the leather spin up she's not gonna do it okay let's make it a happy days episode again and then he makes it a happy days episode but even he doesn't seem completely convinced of it because the final the scene in arnold's where the fonz talks to Joni, then richie talks to Joni, isn't isn't like one of the classic like Mr. C discussions, it isn't like, um, like in Guess Who's Coming to Christmas, like the, the, the scenes they have in there that are sort of feel like definitive, important moments. This Fonzie's speech to her about how he's had to take care of himself since he was a little kid and he never got to be 15 like she is right now is, um, is okay but then she he never got the chance as far as i know at age 15 to possibly travel around the country with like a rock and roll star as you know her backup dancer and singer and i know she's 15 so so we do know she's 15 she's a sophomore in high school and richie's 18 and a senior and and, and a freshman in college and if if they had another brother who say whose first name may have begun with c and who may be a few years older i guess he was a senior in college but i cannot be that kind of makes sense. It's three years between them. Give Mr. And Mrs. C a break. And I'm sure Mr. C wanted more. He was like, come on, Marion. We can have a few more. I've got I've got friends in the Leopard Lodge who have nine or ten kids. I can't, I can't help thinking there's, there's a show I've been watching called um, The Bowling Game, which comes out of Milwaukee, which ran from like 1971 or two to like 1993. And it was on... Five, Monday through Friday, generally, like 7 in the evening on like Channel 58 in Milwaukee. So UHF station, I imagine. And um, and it's just local bowling teams bowling for prizes and things. And it's a it's an astoundingly addictive show. And there, there are maybe 20 or so episodes on um, on YouTube. And it's great because there there are times you'll just see you'll see this like this little guy who you know looks like um you know Mr. Magoo kind of guy and it's like well there's Tom and he's um he's the head uh, can designer at the canning factory downtown and uh, he's been married for uh, thirty years to um, Susan and they've got kids um, Tom Jr. Steve Bobby Jennifer Lorraine. Adam, Alvin, Marv, and you just go on and on. It's like this little this little guy's got like nine effing kids. Good, good God, good God, Tom, keep it in there. All right, just give it a break. Give your wife a break for. I guess he has because they were probably done with kids by that point. But I, I just love I just love the thought that I, I the the Cunninghams in a time when a lot of um families had a lot of kids. I think especially in that area, if bowling game is anything to go go by. Um, because you figure too like. Sorry, like, that episode I was watching with that guy, Tom Jr., that's 1979. They said he was married for, like, 30 years. So that puts him, over 30 years, so that puts him probably, I'll say, out of the Army, 45, 46. And from, like, 46 to 79, 
he had nine kids. So, so yeah, so at the same time that the Cunninghams are pausing and taking three years in between kids and having the ability to erase one of the children from existence, people like Tom Jr. on the bowling game is having a freaking... No, Tom is having a freaking kid as soon as, you know, his wife is done with the, with the, with the one she got in there. Anyway, what was I talking about? Yeah, so... I do like Mrs. C, by the way. I do like Mrs. C when she gets up on the stage and she starts moving around like one of the dancers. Um, I, I, th- I think the problem I have with the episode, like I said, is the first half is feels a bit perfunctory to me and the second half feels like Bob Bruner sat down and was like, and so you have to, Bob, you, we want you to write a speech that will con- convincingly convince Joni and anyone watching and maybe any gal of the same age um, to not go and do this thing and I'll be honest neither of the speeches are convincing like I said Fonz does it valiantly but has not has not had the same experience that Joni has and Richie tries but he's just too angry when he does it and then in the end they make Joni be like well her Joni's thing is that she really she doesn't want to be Richie's sister anymore and there's a lovely moment at the end with Al we're leaving who's that Joni's brother that's a lovely moment but she doesn't want to be Richie's sister and always referred to you know and always you know whenever anyone talks about her in school or anywhere else it's oh that's Richie's sister and I can understand completely I'm not sure what that has to do with her going and dancing with leather there there is mention of the hollywood thing at the beginning of the season but the tricky thing with the hollywood thing is that one richie was as far as i know richie was 18 when they went out there and did that so he would have been able to make that decision on his own if he'd wanted but but the thing is he didn't want to do it whereas Joni, who was 15 and a minor wants to do this and so whereas richie it's richie make the decision on your own with Joni, it's we don't want Joni to make that decision and um, so we are going to talk her in circles. I mean, I think that's sort of what they do is they talk to her so much. By the end of it, she's forgotten what it was she was there for. She remembers briefly as they're leaving, but it really does have the feeling of like, we talked to her in so many circles. She doesn't remember that the reason why she's here is because she was going to go on a tour with Leather as her backup singer and dancer. And now they've just sort of made her into a 15-year-old girl who's on the cheerleading team and she's going to go to the prom and all this. Oh, that's great. That's great. She can do that too. But but it's too bad that um, they, they, don't, they didn't convince me. And, and I know what you're saying, Dan, they don't have to convince you. No, no, they do have to convince me because I'm the one who bought the DVD set. I'm the one who spent the money on it. So you have to convince me. And they didn't convince me on it. They tried. And they didn't. Bob did his best. It's like it's like the second part of um, like a big, like um, like a Star Trek or Doctor Who two-parter. When you get to the ending and you realize that the writer doesn't really know how to end it. And they're running it around in circles. And, and then eventually it ends. You know, I... Um, I was going to think the opposite version of that is what if the Star Trek Next Generation Best of Both Worlds, where the guy who wrote, he wrote part one and part two, he wrote part one, and I guess like that was the end of the season, and I, I, I think they knew the show was coming back, but I wasn't sure, but he, he, I saw something where like he had no idea how part two was going to resolve. He just wrote the biggest cliffhanger ending he could think of and left it. And then when they said, okay, resolve it, he just went into it hoping he'd be able to resolve it, and he did. This feels like Bob doesn't doesn't know how to convey properly how to... I mean, here's the thing, like I said, she is a minor. 
So in order for her to travel around, like, I mean, the thing with Leather is Leather doesn't have anyone apart from Pinky, and we don't know where Pinky is. And so, but, 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 but Joni would have to get the permission of her parents because she's 15. Co- correct? I'm, I think I'm, I'm right on that, right? So, and they're not giving her the permission. And instead, and that's not enough for Joni because of Richie. And because, um, I, but, but then Richie was 18 when this happened in, in, with, in Hollywood. And it's a different thing. And, 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 but part of it too is that like Richie, Richie doesn't want, when we see Richie at the end of the series, he wants to be a writer. Okay. And we kind of know that pretty early on. The, um, the tricky thing with Joni is that of course, in a couple of seasons, Joni's going to be in a band with Chachi. And the premise of Joni Love Chachi is that they're in a band together. And she's a great singer. And she's great in the band. And she's great, great, great up on stage. Much better than Chachi is. And and at the end of Joan Love Chachi, and when they return to Happy Days at that point, the um, we, we hear that they're actually out and they are, they're out and they're touring and they're out and they're doing their thing. They're out and they're touring and they're out and they're doing, they're out there and they're doing their thing. And, and one wonders like if they had let Joni do this that because because the problem is that when she in Jonah of Shashi when they return they return to the show and have, and I know this is jumping far ahead but if well if you listen to eventually Super Train, you know that we covered Amanda and I covered Joni Love Shachi. So we covered all those episodes on there. But the thing is, in Joni Love Shachi, when Joni returns to Milwaukee after they've been touring, she returns because she's tired and she doesn't want to do this anymore and she wants to go to college proper and she wants to get a proper job. She ends up as a teacher and that kind of thing. And it's funny because clearly the fact that she wants to go touring with Leather here and clearly the fact that she moves to Chicago in Joni Loves Chachi and they tour around like the Midwest and the Northern U.S. and Southern Canada means that she loves doing it. But it's funny, I almost wonder if the talks they give to her here kind of ruin it for her when she's actually out and about and touring. You know, like they actually get out and about and they're touring and they're doing great and then all of a sudden she just stops. And she's just like, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm wondering if this has put a, a halt to that. You know, like, you should, you're 15. You should be the best 15 you can be. You know, when she's out touring, she's 18 or 19. No, no, this is what, this is what 18 or 19 year olds do. She got that you should do the best you can do. I don't know that's for certain, but, um, I could see a con- conversations like the, what she has with the Fonz and Richie here, which I'm not convinced of, but which might convince her and make her sort of doubt stuff later on. And they sort of already planted the seed for her. Re- planted, they planted the seed for long ahead of time. If Joni Love Chachi gets canceled, they have to bring them back into Happy Days. And, um, yeah, I don't know, maybe. So, anyway, um, it's it's an okay episode. I mean, it's an important episode because uh, Joni and Richie draw closer. And we will, Leather will be returning, which is pretty cool. Um and uh, we have some lovely moments in the end with Mr. and Mrs. C and Joni and yes, some great moments some great some great moments between Richie and Joni um, I wish I found it more convincing though, I, I there's something about it that just feels off L- like I said, it's 
I mean, I had plenty of times where my parents told me before I was 18, and even after I was 18, in fact, they're still telling me to not do something, or like, you can't do this, you can't do that. And when I asked why, it was because we're telling you so, you'll get grounded, there might be a bit of a, you know, something like that. Um, and that was enough. I do applaud this episode for... Um, Acknowledging that sometimes that's not enough and you need to give a growing human being more than that. I just don't think the episode does that. Um, simply because, like I said, Fonzie's story is kind of slightly off and Richie spends most of his time until Joni uh, says uh, her problems with Richie. Uh, Richie spends most of his time kind of just yelling at her and aggravating her. So it just it just feels. I mean, maybe. I mean, maybe this is a very real, realistic thing. You know, it could be. You know, we've told Joni no, but we'd really appreciate if you guys would talk to her and try to convince her to stay, rather than us saying no, you can't do this thing. And they try and they do convince her. And I guess it's great because Joni's going to stay. She's not going to go on tour, but. Um, but it was just a show in San Francisco. There's not, you know, like that was the thing about it. it was like she was gonna, do, they were gonna do a show in San Francisco. That doesn't mean she had to stay on there. Um, I don't know. At the end, it's 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 always it's nice to have a Joni led episode. She's as I've said before, she's gonna become very important as the show goes along. She's already very important in the show, and um, I don't know about her dancing around on stage. I, I think she's better when she's she's singing. Than when she's she's dancing because they all look frankly they all look a little goofy, and when her and um her and the other dancer in leather kind of break into a little dance together during I forget the name of the song um the the song from Mr. Mrs. C it does look more goofy than anything else it look it looks like something from another era mixed in with music which is supposed to be late fifties early sixties but which is clearly like seventies revivally rock music. But anyway, it's nice to have an episode with Joni in the lead. Um, it's the, the the structure is a little off. Like I said, kind of bumping leather about halfway through it. It's it's all a bit perfunctory. There are some laughs, and it, it's certainly it's certainly not uninteresting, and it certainly holds your attention. I just don't think it's convincing in the end. Uh, I think the way they convince Joni to stay doesn't fully work for me, um, but she does stay. So there you go. And before we go on to um. I was going to say Little Miss Fonzie. No, My Fair Fonzie. Before we go on to that, I wanted to um, uh, say um, the the funniest joke in here, and possibly, possibly the funniest joke in the season is, um, and I'll have to look to see what um, her name, Daphne. Okay, um, now, now I know what you're saying. Could it possibly be the scene where Ralph and Potsy show up and they've been making out with twins and they're covered with lipstick? Ah, that's pretty amusing. Um, I guess the, the guys are still living together. Um, but uh, the, the funniest moment is the second night and uh, Leather's playing right before Leather plays. The Fonz is giving the microphone and is saying, now as you all of you may know, I forget the exact wording, as all, as all of you may know, Something happened here last night that everybody's talking about. And all of a sudden, a woman stands up and yells, Fonz, I promise I didn't say anything. And there's a pause, and the Fonz looks at her and says, No, Daphne, I, I don't mean that. I don't, I, don't mean, I don't mean that. And that's the funniest moment in the episode. I thought it was hilarious. So I'll just leave it at that. We'll go on to My Fair Fonzie. 
Written by Warren S. Murray, directed by Jerry Paris, of course. November 22nd, 1977. Um, uh, the guys are all there in their like, ROTC-type uniforms, Ralph, uh, Potsy, and Richie. And uh, Lori Beth shows up. They learn that um, Lori Beth and Richie have been invited to the Yacht Club. I forget what the, the name of the character is. Morgan Fairchild is in Alpha. I'll get near her name. She has a cousin named Millard. Um, but she is a very snooty... Um, young woman, and very rich, very snooty, and um, and so 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 Richie and Lord Beth are going to go and have um, and in a, a yacht club dinner with her, and the Fonz falls for Morgan Fairchild's character, uh, Miller the snooty cousin shows up and he's very rude, and even though the Fonz, even though they're clearly being kind of mean to the Fonz, the Fonz is like. Yeah, hey, I, he, I, he seems like he really can, feels like he can win her over. He gets invited to the Yacht Club thing too, but he gets invited specifically, as Al overhears, gets invited specifically so they can make fun of him. So so Lori Beth and Richie go, and Fonzie goes, and it's Millard and Margaret Fairchild's character kind of making fun of the Fonz in front of these people at the Yacht Club and making fun of a, a maid named Juanita too. And uh, what will the Fonz do? Let's find out. Well, listen to this, and I'll, I'll talk about it. I call it the uh, snobs versus the slobs, but that's not really what it is. The Fonz isn't a, a slob in this, and neither are Richie and, and Lori Beth. Well, those other people, Cynthia and Millard, are definitely snobs. It's This episode has a lovely closing scene in Arnold's where um, Fonzie has tried to be nice, and um, Millard has been a douche, not only to him, an occasion to Richie and Lori Beth, but also to Juanita, one of the maids. And so the Fonz has kind of humiliated him and left. And then Richie and Lori Beth are leaving, and Miller's rotten to them, and so Richie humiliates them some more and uh, leaves. And there's a closing scene with Richie and Lori Beth dancing in Arnold's. Does Arnold do any business anymore? That, that's my question. Like, I... I, I <laughs> it's... You would think there'd be a better location. I mean, if it's if it's like um, you know, it was one thing in like the first few seasons of the show. In the in the first few seasons of the show, whenever we went to Arnold's, there was always like a crowd there. There were always a bunch of people there. But now when we go to Arnold's, there's almost never anyone there. You know, for the big scenes, you know, the the end of the previous episode. There was nobody there. At the end of this one, there's nobody there. What is Arnold doing? What is Arnold? You know, it's no wonder he's always complaining about his business. Um, but it's it's he he shouldn't let let the Cunninghams and the Fonz like kind of close everything down whenever they want. It just it just it just seems like I've said like I've said before, and I know I've said that a lot in this episode. Like I said earlier, like I said before, there is something about. Um, you know, because they would have two standing sets, the living room kitchen set, and then Arnold's. And probably, I guess, the bathrooms um, would be would be there, maybe. Um, but but there's, there's something about, like, that 
when they have a scene like this where they can't bring there, there is a very funny okay the, the last five or six minutes of this episode I think are, are absolutely brilliant the rest of it I'm going to have to use a word I've used before perfunctory and um, slightly nonsensical also but the last once Richie and Laurie Beth leave and they go to Arnold's and then the closing scene back in the Cunninghams is lovely it's really a wonderful episode and that earns the episode um, it's good graces I don't know if it earns it a thumbs up but it's be, yeah it closes with um, you know Juanita and the Fonz dancing at Arnold's and Laurie Beth and Richie dancing and then Richie and the Fonz have a really nice conversation about how well they do when they work together, which is true, which is nice, which is character development, which, like the end of the previous episode where Joni gets some character stuff, this is nice here because these guys get some character stuff. Uh, but the episode itself, um, it, 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 almost feel, it almost feels like they wrote the ending and then thought, mm, let's put something at the front of it. It almost feels like you know we need we need a point now, you know Richie's at a, almost an it was eighteen he's in college I don't I'm trying to think when I was if I consider myself an adult when I was eighteen in my first semester of college, possibly more than Richie because I live at some distance from my home, but I don't know that I really felt of myself as an adult just a um, a kid who got away from home for a while, and I think it almost feels like. Like, yeah, like the closing scene in Arnold's was written maybe as, um, you know, just like, hey, go, go, go away and write us a scene um, and just show us what you can do. And is, is, did I say Warren Murphy was the writer's name? I forget, the, but the writer went away, wrote this scene and wrote the closing. And they said, okay, give us the episode that goes to the front of that. And he sort of did a, okay, well, how about the Fonz, who some might consider uncouth, being sent to a really snooty place. Um where he gets the best of those snobs. The Fonz seems... The Fonz is a smart guy. The Fonz knows what he's doing. And there's something about the way he latches onto Cynthia and Arnold's and needs to go to this yacht club, even though Richie and Mr. C have told him that Al heard that they just invited him to make fun of him. There's something about that that, to me... I mean... Here, here's the thing... It, it, it feels kind of dumb. When he first starts talking to Cynthia and he's making fun of Miller and Miller's making fun of him and Cynthia's kind of making fun of him too. It's so like, okay, you know, he's trying to win her over. But then the moment he finds out that they're, they're going to, their purpose is to make a fool of him, then, um, then it, it, it seems a little silly to me for him to go. He's never met these people before. He he only met them for, what, six or seven minutes in Arnold's. Who cares if he goes? He knows that Cynthia isn't going to be interested in him, so so what is the point? I mean, he does meet Juanita, who I prefer to Cynthia, uh, but that's me. But it's uh, the, the thing I like about the scene when he's at the Yacht Club is that there's a real feeling of um, the Fonz is trying to ingratiate himself. He's doing what he normally does that people love and people are charmed by and here some of the people are charmed by it and some of the people are just confused by it and I mean there's a reason why for example Juanita the maid is the one who's the most charmed by it. in fact the scene where the Fonz is eating the sushi uh, not the sushi I mean the, um, the uh, caviar 
and Miller is being snooty and Cynthia is being snooty and the Fonz is making jokes about it and Juanita is smiling and laughing is very charming and I just wish like I said with the, with the previous episode all the stuff with like meeting Cynthia and then Millard and then going to the Yacht Club it all feels so perfunctory it all feels so like they just you know they just had a a, a whiteboard or, or like a board with like um uh, like um like uh, index cards on it, and one of them was like the Fonz is invited to a snooty rich place for dinner, and and makes fun of the snobs, you know, something like that. And so, oh, I got stuck with that one. There are a couple good moments in it, but it goes, it goes exactly where you expect it to go, except it isn't. Kind of like, the chats to, Joni weren't satisfying to me in the previous episode. What they do to Millard and Cynthia in this isn't terribly satisfying either. They basically they pick on them a bit, but they drop a lobster. The Fonz drops a lobster in Millard's lap, and then Richie pours melted butter on the lobster in Millard's lap. I'm sure that's devastating, but it felt a little underwhelming to me. Now I didn't want I didn't want them getting a fight. I didn't want Fonz to take Millard in an alley and beat him to a bloody pulp or something. But it does it does feel somewhat. Eh, when it happens. I mean, the crowd is in hysterics and they're laughing and they're going crazy, but... Eh. So, so watch this episode. I say watch it, and, and just, uh, I will say, um, Chachi's in this episode briefly. He gets the Fonza really bad jacket with four arms in it. Um, which is kind of funny. Um, but... Watch this episode... Um, Juanita, Gloria Torres, Henry Charles, Maitre D. Sorry, the credits just started rolling here. Um, the um, I watched this episode for the ending, and this happens sometimes with sitcoms, and this happens sometimes with hour-long dramas and things. Is that you know, it's not just um, you know, it's like um, like th- this you know, this episode isn't great. This episode isn't great, but um, there's this scene in it that you have to see, kind of thing. And, like, yeah, this episode isn't great. There are a couple laughs in the first three quarters. But you really want to see it for the last five, six minutes. The closing scene at Arnold's. And the scene where Mr. and Mrs. C are making it on the couch. And um, uh, Lori Beth and Richie show up. And Richie goes to talk to, to Mr. C. And Mr. C tells him to get out of here. We were here first. That's very funny. But the episode itself is um, is just okay. It, it sort of it all happens a bit too fast and it's not terribly convincing and then it ends a bit too fast and it's not terribly convincing I mean there are moments in it when, when like the Fonz is saying his things and Cynthia and Millard are giving him looks and Richie and Lori Beth look worried and some people around them seem to be laughing with the Fonz some don't seem to be laughing with the Fonz but then the script will say something like Millard he's making a fool out of you it's like is, is he? Is he? You know, there's a scene with a um, there's a scene where the Fonz is asked to pick out a wine. And he picks out the right one, which is awesome. There's a scene where he asks to pick out a toast to give a toast, and he gives a toast, which everyone likes, which is a good one. Um, but it's um, it's uh, yeah, it's it's just okay. It's what we could have done with another rewrite, maybe. So watch um, watch this one like the previous episode watch it for maybe the first few minutes for the musical performances and then watch it if you're a Joni fan as I am but the episode isn't terribly satisfying um, as far as my fair finds it goes watch it for the ending and you don't even really need to um, see the first three quarters you can just watch the ending 
it, it works. So, but anyways, two two episodes that, you know, in in the grand scheme of happy days, um, the first one is definitely important. The second one not so much, apart from the end. But I wouldn't put either of them in in top tier happy days episodes. So let us look at what is next. What is next? What is next, ladies and germs? Bye Bye Black Ball and Requiem for a Mouth. If I remember correctly, Requiem for a Mouth was the 100th episode that was made. But as we had two hour-long episodes, it would have been the 98th episode that aired. So it would make Grandpa's Visit the 100th episode that aired. But Requiem for a Mouth is the 100th episode they made. So that's cool, because once they hit Requiem for a Mouth, and they're at 100, it's syndication time. And that was always the thing with... um, with uh with uh with Henry Winkler is um is that uh as as the other cast members were getting raises every year he was apparently i guess kind of keeping keeping strong in the same sort of spot and um but he um he he like negotiated for um like syndication rights and things and early on when the show started this seemed a little risky but now not quite halfway through one, two, three, four almost halfway through season five they've now hit the syndication barrier and the show I mean obviously the show is still in syndication it plays on on MeTV uh, every night Um, well about Monday through Friday and possibly the weekends too but obviously the show is still in syndication and such Um, but yeah that was one of the, the interesting things is that once the syndication barrier hit and the syndication rights hit and all that money began to pour in um, because that was one of the things with, with shows like this is you know the production companies make the shows for the network and the network pays a certain amount and the production company has to pay a certain amount but when they hit the syndication um, threshold um, they're no longer de- they're still making shows for the network I mean, I mean, I'm still we, we have 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 we got 5 full seasons and more of the show left um, but when they hit the syndication level, that's the point where the production company can go to other places and sell the 100 episodes as a package, a syndication package, and make the big, big money. And um, that's why they always wanted the 100 episodes to get to the 100 episodes. Now, I never quite figured out how shows like Gidget and F Troop and, and, and um, uh, Monsters and Adam's Family made it when they had lots less than... than than a hundred, but hey, it, it that, that is what that is. So anyway, we're yeah we're nearing the hundred um, episode level, the syndication level, and that's awesome. And um, yeah, I, I guess I'll, I'll I'll leave you guys off here. Yeah, Leather will be back, and uh, I will be back. Well, Leather won't be back in the next episode. I don't think she might be. Don't quote me on it. But um, I will be back, and uh, next time for those two episodes. And, uh, yeah, everyone be good to yourself. Um, I hope you're well. I hope you enjoyed uh, the episode. And um, uh, listen to a little bit of this. Be back next time. Hey.